Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Say this after me. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It never changes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I boldly declare, I'll live how it says I should live. I'll be what it says I should be. I'll do what it says I should do. I'll have what it says I should have. I will say what it says I should say. Today I, oh, this is the day the Lord has made. Today I receive the miracle power of God through healing, finances, deliverance, family, forgiveness. I will stand strong for a biblical nation. I will stand and pray for every nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. For I declare that we are one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Although it feels like it's 85 right now and I need 65. So today I want to begin with a story Uh, that'll lead into the message that God gave me for you and I this very morning called, Your Best is Yet to Come. Your Best is Yet to Come. And the story has to do with uh, my 50-year high school class reunion. A few weeks ago, Lydia and I went back to Flint, Michigan to celebrate my 50-year high school class reunion. Uh, I see one of my fellow Flintstones in the house, Mr. John. I love you, my brother. Are there any other Flintstones in the house? There's a Flintstone, sister. Come on. Are there any Michiganders in the house? We got some Michiganders. All right. I love you. And so I was born and raised in Michigan, born in Ann Arbor. I'm a Wolverine, a legacy Wolverine. Uh, I graduated from Flint Central High School 50 years ago. Feels like far. And I thought we'd have a few laughs. Are you ready for uh, uh, a good laugh? Uh, Guys, could you bring up my 50-year high school photo? I'm, I'm thinking about going back to that hairstyle. My, my, my. Now, Lydia didn't know this, but I have her 50-year photo. (laughs) Yeah. You'll be looking for that restaurant. Because you ain't, yeah. No, I don't have her, I do have her photo in my phone. I had debated whether to show it, and then wisdom prevailed. Thank God for his wisdom. But man, looking at that photo takes me back, because these were my before Christ days. How many of you remember those before Christ days? 
But thank God we might go way back 50 years, but God has brought us way forward to this moment in time, and our best is yet to come. Turn and tell somebody, my best is yet to come. <laughs> okay. Stop freaking the people out. You can go back to the backdrop. So my wife and I, we flew back to Flint for this 50-year class reunion. And also to see my family, I've got four beautiful sisters and nieces and nephews. My daughter, uh, Missy there, my oldest, is there. And uh, I love them dearly. They may even be watching. Many times they stream with us. I've got a cool stepbrother. Uh, and just like you, I'm in constant prayer for them. You know, and uh, this is just a side note. You may be the only one that's praying for your family. You may be the only one that has the power and the authority to call them out of darkness and into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There may be no one else interceding for them. And in these last days, as things get darker and darker, won't you be the light? Won't you be the intercessor? Won't you be the prayer warrior? Won't you be the one when God said, I look for a woman. I look for a man to stand in the gap. Amen. You ought to come to our prayer meetings. We had one yesterday in the lobby. We had another one this morning at 8.30. You ought to be involved with stuff like that. It will get you juiced up in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. So back to Flint. First thing we did was visit Lydia's mom's gravesite, And we prayed and paid our respects. Then we uh, met my daughter for lunch at one of my favorite restaurants in all the world, Starlight Coney Island. <laughs> and I've got a picture of two conies and fries uh, on my phone. I should have uh, brought that photo too. And, and then when I uh, uh, get a, a hunger going, sometimes I'll look at that and, oh, man. Because, you know, there's Buffalo Coney Islands, there's Detroit Coney Islands, there's different cities have their claim to fame on Coney Islands, but there ain't no Coney Island like a Flint Coney Island, because the Flint Coney Island don't stop. So, yeah, after that, we headed up north to visit my older sister, Debbie, and her husband, Jim. They, they live right on Lake Huron, Saginaw Bay. Got a cottage right on the water. Beautiful cottage. They've been retired for many years. I, uh, I'm just as old as Jim, and Jim's been retired for 20 years. Dude, you better... 20 years retired. Okay. So we got a little taste of retirement life. Coffee, sitting out there, looking out on the bay and seeing the boats and the fishermen and it just kicking back, relaxing, very peaceful. I was having a good time. In fact, I got to thinking, I could get used to this. And then the next morning, uh, we headed further up north. You know, if you uh, uh, remember the map, Michigan, the lower Michigan, looks like a mitt. And uh, two of my sisters live at the very top of the mitt up there uh, in Sheboygan near Mackinac. And uh, so we're visiting them, we're visiting their families, and we took the scenic drive because there's a Highway 23 that goes all the way along the lake shore for a couple hours. And uh, it's a drive I've taken many times dating all the way back to my youth. Uh, 
Uh, and it, it's where a lot of people in Michigan go. Uh, because in Michigan, and it's not this way as much anymore, but like when uh, I was in high school, uh, Flint had 24 GM-related factories, Buick Town, Chevy Town, uh, 24 factories working three shifts. And people were coming everywhere to come work in the factory, a great sports town, and all these things. Of course, all that went away, sadly, and Flint is just a disaster zone. You thought you were in Beirut, Lebanon or something, driving through there. Uh, but uh, uh, the goal had always been you put your 30 years in, and then you retire up north. You get one of those cabins, one of those cottages, and you just drink coffee in, in, in the shop worker. You drink beer. Can you say that in church? You just kick back, and, and you spend the rest of your life in retirement. And for many, that retirement starts right out of high school, 30 years. You know, you're 55 years old, man, and you're getting a full pen. Ever wonder why it, it costs so much to buy a car? Because they're paying millions of pensions. <laughs> That's the legacy costs that go into all of that. You go throughout uh, uh, Flint, and, and there's a medical building on every corner. They paid a price. But they move up north, and, uh, and they retire. And on that drive, I'm, I'm remembering, because we used to go to certain spots, up along uh, Lake Huron, and I'm trying to remember, was that it? Was that it? Is this where I spent some time as a kid? Beautiful locations, beautiful views, beautiful little towns and villages. And look, things have changed somewhat, but it's still kind of just all that up north area is a retirement place. So after a couple days visiting with family, we head back to Flint for the reunion dinner. And there's about 125 classmates there, a lot of old friends, a lot of old teammates, even a couple old flames. We don't have any pictures. But talk about a nostalgic flashback. Anybody ever had a nostalgic flashback? It was cool, but it was crazy. Uh, many were retired. Some were semi-retired. And through it all, I got to thinking about retirement myself. Mm. Man, these guys seem to be living as form of la vida loca. I'm liking this, maybe, huh? Kicking back, living the good life, walking to your mailbox, collecting your check, and just uh, lather, rinse, and repeat. <laughs> so all this is going on, and then something amazing happened. We're in the airport coming home, and I'm still thinking about, uh, what if, what if? What if I did retire? Man, that could feel good. And then it happened. I sat down on this little in this little seat. <laughs> a little cigar tube heading back to Chi Town. And I heard the voice of the Lord as clear as I hear you saying amen today. Or come on. Clear as a bell. Your best is yet to come. Man, I get Holy Ghost chili bumps just thinking about it. Clear as a bell. Your best is yet to come. And then the Lord began to speak to me right there on that airplane about my destiny and about making a sermon for this opportunity to be with you this morning. 
I talked to pastor. I said, pastor, you're back in town. You need to come on in and preach, man. Everybody want to hear Pastor Larry preach. And he said, well, what's your sermon? Your best. Well, you go ahead and preach that. And then God bless John and I think Luke and maybe Troy. Yeah, Pastor, let Scotty go get him. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to have good buddies. And God was speaking to me in that airplane lots of things. So I got one of those little phones where you can write down notes. And I'm just taking notes right there on my phone. And, and uh, was just been thinking about this for a number of weeks. And basically what God was telling me and what God wants me to share with you today is that the best part of your life isn't in the past. The best part of your life is in your future. You still have a destiny. You still have a future. And God is not finished with you yet. Amen. Now you're talking to a guy that just came from his 50-year class reunion. I'm looking around, and I, I said this to Lydia a while back. I said, man, we got a lot of grandparents in our church. We got, are there any AARP-type cardholders in the crowd this morning? Could I see a show of hands if you're 55 or older? A lot of hands. God is especially speaking to you today. Don't live your life in the rear view mirror. Get your focus on your future because that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. Amen. It's all out there in front of us. It's a part of your destiny. It's a part of your purpose. And right now, God needs men and women with experience. Men and women who've been there, done that, got the t-shirt and burned it. Come on, Don. Help a pastor out. God is saying there's still more in your life. More to be fulfilled, more to be accomplished, more to be achieved. And in these last days and in these final hours before the coming of the Lord, don't you want the Lord to return and catch you doing something for Him to bring Him all the honor and all the glory? You know, our dear friend and scholar, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, taught us something years ago. Uh, you've heard pastor teach this. I'm going to teach it right here, that in the ancient Hebrew language, there's no word for retire. No word for retire. How do you retire from life? How do you retire from a calling? How do you retire from uh, uh, being in building the kingdom of God? You don't retire from that. You'll be explaining, you know, I don't know if St. Peter's at the pearly gates. I'm not quite sure how all of that plays out. But I don't want to be in the line that has to explain, Son, my beloved, what were you thinking? You had a McFly moment and retired? No word for retire in ancient Hebrew. That's the language of heaven. It's the original language of the Bible, Hebrew. And in ancient Hebrew, no word for retire. And so... In the Bible, old age is considered a blessing. Old age is considered a virtue. The world wants to run you out. Age discrimination, you're too old. No, you, no 
that brother, that sister is wise. They have experience. They have a work ethic. They know how to get things done. They're not afraid to roll up their sleeves and make something happen. And then they trot out retirement. No, no. The Bible tells us to respect the elderly because of their knowledge and experience. And so uh, on the airplane, I started thinking about Abraham. He's the father of our faith, right? He was the first uh, believer. He started it all. And he's a perfect example. And in Genesis 25, I, I think we might have Genesis 25, verse 7 and 8. It says, this is the sum of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. 175 years. 175 years. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died a, in a good old age. An old man full of years and were gathered to his people. Amen? So according to the Bible, Abraham, Abram at that point, was 75 years old when God called him out of modern day Iraq, Haran, called him to the promised land. He didn't give him all the details in advance, but Abraham became the father of our, our faith because he responded to the call of God, even though he didn't have all the details. Faith. And God brought him to Israel, the promised land. And he promised to make Abraham into a great nation, to bless him, and to make his name great. Then later, when Abraham turns 99, God appears to him again and changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. He's 99 years old. And yet he responded to the call of God. The greatest part of Abraham's destiny was not something that happened in Iraq, in Haran. It was something that God put out there and said, Abraham, here is your vision. See the, the stars in the sky. See the grains of sand on the seashore the, coming in your life. Somewhere down the line, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Vision. Purpose destiny about what's out there, what's in front. Abraham's uh, destiny, the greatest part, was meant to be filled in his elder years, his older years. I'm looking at all the AARP types. I'm looking at all the grandparent types. And I'm thinking to myself, the greatest part of your destiny has not been fulfilled yet. The greatest part of your destiny is about to be fulfilled. Your best is yet to come. Someone, someone say that. My best is yet to come. Give the Lord a praise. Now here's a side note. I just love this. Jewish literature teaches that Abraham was born 1,948 years after creation. Anybody connecting a dot here? 1,948. 1948. How many of you know that's when Israel declared their independence and the United Nations legally recognized them as a sovereign nation? In the year 1948, the same 
number the same year from creation, 1948, when Abraham was born. So let's do a little math. If you add Abraham's age of 75 to 1948, it equals 2023. We are in the last days, my sister. We're in the last days, my brother. And this is no coincidence. We've learned from Pastor Larry as well that in Hebrew there is no word for coincidence. There's no word for retire in ancient Hebrew. There's no word for coincidence in ancient Hebrew. 2023 is significant. Amen. I got one yeah and then one come on. Everybody else is still stuck on math. I can't do it. He looked like Tommy boy. It's likely it took the better part of a year for him to travel from Iraq to Israel to that area in modern-day Nablus, Shechem. There's still a tree supposedly there where Abraham stood under that tree and God spoke to him, Genesis 12. I will bless those that bless you, Abraham. So it, it's possible, we, we'll find out in heaven, but it's possible he's 76 when that happens. And if you go back and do the math, just add one more year, 2024 is when God spoke the promises to Abraham that we're still standing on today. My gosh. What's the point of all of that? Something powerful is about to happen. Something powerful is happening. There is a Jesus revolution happening right now at New Beginnings. There is a Jesus revolution happening around America and around the world. And God is saying, I want you to have eyes to see. Open up your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and don't miss what I'm about to do because you want to retire. That's what I heard on the airplane, and that's the message I'm giving you today. This is no time to retire, my brother. This is no time to, to uh, uh, turn in your uniform and go sit on the bench. There is no spiritual IR list for you. You are a child of the king. You are anointed by God. You have a calling, a destiny, a purpose that God wants to flow out of you like a river of living water. Don't miss this moment. Oh, amen. Come on, come on. This is going to be the most amazing time in human history. And the reason why is because the rapture is about to happen. And the rapture can be good news or not so good news. If you're left behind, man, that's about the worst news you can get. You got left behind? But you'll make the rapture. You're going home, but not with a moan. Ever heard that preaching? We're going out with a what? We're going out with a what? We're going out with a shout. We're going out as a glorious church. Manifesting every blood-bought promise of the king. Amen. Come on. Enter into this. Somebody be excited. 
And God is going to manifest his power, his glory, his anointing through you, through anyone who's willing to step up and say, I am ready, Lord. Here I am. Use me. Who was it that just said the problem was sitting on the fence as you get shot at both sides? (laughs) Somebody just said that. Go with me to Genesis 23. Abraham's wife, Sarah, has a testimony. Like her husband, Sarah lived a full and successful life. The Christian Bible says that Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of Sarah's life. But here's the fascinating thing, and just one of a thousand and one reasons why we love studying the Jewishness of the gospel. Because in the original Torah text, it reads different. It says Sarah's lifetime was 100 years, 20 years, and 7 years. The years of Sarah's life. What does that mean? The great Jewish rabbi from the Middle Ages, Rabbi Rashi, Did you know, I think Pastor shared this, that his family is from the same town as Rashi, the great Jewish rabbi? That to me is amazing. And he said, in understanding this text, the years of Sarah's lifetime all were equal for the good. She was 100. She was 20, and she was 7. And each one of those ages, 100, 20, and 7, represented something unique about Sarah's life. The 7-year-old, it represents innocence. There was just a sense of innocence about Sarah her entire life. The 20-year-old Sarah had strength, strong woman of God. And she possessed that strength along with that innocence, that righteousness, all the days of her life. Isn't that powerful? The 100-year-old Sarah was filled with wisdom, experience, knowledge, So she had all of these qualities working in her at the same time for her entire life. She maintained her innocence, her righteousness, her morality. She maintained her strength, spiritual strength, physical strength, strength in her mind, strength in her soul, strength to carry on the call of God that God gave Abraham and Sarah. And then... At 100, the wisdom. Boy, look at that picture of Scott 50 years ago. Boy, I wish I could go back and talk to that guy and set him straight on a bunch of things because I went through 17 years of living in hell before I gave my life to Christ. I wish I knew then, or not, I wish I knew then what I know now is kind of the same. Some of you ladies in here need to step up to a new level. God is calling you to use that experience, to use that strength, to use that righteous morality that's embedded in your soul and pass it down. We need more of you to step up and be a part of Ignite. We need more of you to step up and be a part of Kid City. We need more of you to step up and say, Here I am, Lord. I know you're not finished with me yet. Use my life. I know the rapture's coming. And I want to be about my father's business when it happens. 
I got five, seven hand claps and everybody else, you're pondering and meditating. We're a Baptocostal kind of church here, folks. We need some amens. We need some hand claps. We need some agreement. Come on. All of that speaks to her greatness. And you're just like Sarah, lady, woman of God. Is God speaking to anybody here today? I pray that uh, he's encouraging you and prompting you to expand your vision. To get that idea of sitting back and relaxing until Jesus comes. Replace retirement. As Rabbi uh, Lappin says, you need to just recalibrate how you're going to spend your later years. I'm going to spend them in service to the Lord. I'm going to spend them being a light to the world. I'm going to spend them teaching the younger generation how to be an overcomer, how to walk by faith, how to manifest the promises of God. Use me, Lord. Use our lives in Jesus' name. Philippians 1.6 Go with me to Philippians 1.6. This is from the Message Bible. And it says, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Oh, that's going to be a glorious day, my friend. When Jesus Christ appears in the skies, the, the trumpet sound will resonate throughout all of the world, and those of us that have lived our lives serving the Lord, we're going to be caught up in the air with the Lord and whisked away to heaven, and we will uh, 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 just receive every promise of our salvation will manifest. What a flourishing finish it's going to be when you and I are doing the works of the Lord just before the rapture, and the master comes back and sees you're doing it. You're making it happen. You're making a difference. Oh, come on, somebody get excited. God's saying there's a divine work that's been started in you, and it ain't finished yet. And we're going to go out with a blaze of glory, not John Bon Jovi style, not Will Ferrell style. We're going out Jesus style with the conquering king. We're going to be raptured as a glorious church, strong in the Lord, strong in the power of his might, overcoming, triumphing over all the works of darkness. Are you with me? If you're with me, give the Lord a praise. That's my goal. I'm going out with a shout. I'm going out flourishing. I'm going out manifesting the will of God, the promises of God, the purposes of God. Have you ever seen the movie Tombstone? There's a beautiful scene in there with Johnny Ringo, the bad guy. And Doc Holliday, the not-so-bad guy. <laughs> he had his problems. He was loyal, though. And Johnny Ringo says, are you retired, too? And Doc Holliday says, I'm not retired. I'm in my pride. How many of you are still in your prime today? Give God praise and glory in the house. I'm in my prime. Just say that. I'm in my prime. It's worth watching that movie just to see that.
Look at how the Bible describes Moses at the age of 120. Go with me to Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. Moses, faithful leader, 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. His eyesight, we're not talking about his, well, yeah, we're in the, the lesser, we're talking about his physical eyesight. He had no cataracts. We rebuke cataracts in the name of Jesus. Cataracts, get out of my life, get out of my sight in Jesus' name. Ever try that? It works. It works. Amen. But we're talking about spiritual sight. And he was as strong as ever. Someone here today needs to ask the Lord to reset your vision. Somebody here today needs to go to the Lord in prayer, in all humility, with all earnestness, and say, Lord, what more do you have for my life? Because I'm ready to take the next steps. I'm not ready to retire. I am experienced. I am strong. I am righteous and moral. And I'm ready to show my light to the world. What do you have for me right now, Lord? How can you use my life right now? Right now, I'm not retiring, I'm not quitting, I'm not turning in my uniform, I'm going for a flourishing finish in the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen. Praise God, the older we get, the wiser we get. I sure hope so. I'd hate to be going to church for 25 years and know nothing. What a waste of time. You've been in church for 20, 30 years and don't know nothing? Come on, let's change that story. Let's change that narrative. You know more about how to navigate Amazon than you do how to navigate the Bible. Oh, did I just hurt somebody's feelings. It's time we... Change some priorities and prove that the older I get, the wiser I get. The older I get, the more spiritual vision I possess. The older I get, hallelujah, the more creative energy that is flowing out of me. I have creative energy flowing out of me. Turn to somebody and ask him, do you? Do you? <laughs> Proverbs 29 verse 18 contains one of the secrets to living your whole life with strength and with energy and with vision. And in Proverbs 29 18, this is from the complete Jewish Bible, without a prophetic vision, the people throw off restraint. And that's what's missing a lot of times in the church, is the body of Christ is missing a prophetic vision. We got a prophetic vision for a new car. We got a prophetic vision for a new neighborhood. We got a prophetic vision for an increase in our salary. And I say yes and amen to all of that. But that doesn't replace a prophetic vision where you know that you were on this earth for a purpose, that God has a divine destiny for you. You are not subject to this world. You are a subject of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, almighty God. You are a citizen of heaven. And God wants that prophetic vision churning in you. When you go to sleep, when you wake up, you are thinking about your vision for the Lord. And if you don't have a vision, your number one vision is to get a vision. Well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, you're here. 
You're fulfilling God's will by being in church, by learning the word of God. Now take some extra steps. Go from an elementary age student into a master's degree program. He is the master, and he has an education for you that you'll never get on the internet. You'll never get it by watching more TV. You'll never get it by unless you give yourself over to studying, to show yourself approved unto God, to show yourself approved unto all your family, all your friends, that this woman, this man has strength. This woman, this man has righteousness. This woman. This man has wisdom and knowledge and purpose and destiny and they are here to make a difference. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Woo. That's how Abraham lived. Prophetic vision. Sarah lived with prophetic vision. Moses lived with prophetic vision. Pastors Larry and Tiz live with prophetic vision. We are here as a team, as a family, to inspire you and encourage you and challenge you to stir up the vision in your life. Stir up that prophetic anointing in your life. Begin to make a decision today. There ain't no retirement in my future. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I have just begun to get going because my best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Isaiah weighed in on this. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. This again is from the complete Jewish Bible. And he weighs in on this and he is prophesying over you right now. Stop dwelling on past events. But you don't know what happened. Yeah, I know what happened. Rule number one in life, you got hurt. And the devil was behind the hurt. And he wants to keep you locked into that hurt, locked into that unforgiveness, locked into that resentment, locked into all of those negative vibes and negative feelings so you don't do nothing and go anywhere. Because you will never walk by faith if you're ticked off. You'll never walk by faith if you're filled with resentment. Stop dwelling. Scott, you had your 50-year class reunion. You can go back and have a day or two and enjoy it, but don't dwell on it. Don't dwell on what could have been, what used to be, because your, your life is in front of you. God will wash away all of the pain, all of the suffering, and cause you to dream again. He will, he will cause you to live a life of purpose and destiny. Your part. Stop brooding over all those negative things in the past. Verse 19, I am doing something new. This is the Lord now. He says, I am doing something new. I want to do a new thing in your life. It's springing up. Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Does anybody see the new thing that God wants to do in your life? And then he says, I, I, I'll make a road for you. You've been in a desert place, I'll make a road for you. You've been out there in a wilderness and no one seems to care. No one seems to notice. I will make a road for you into your destiny, into your future. But you got to trust me. You got to trust me. You got to trust me, says the Lord. And then he says, rivers. 
I will bring a river of living water into whatever the devil made a wasteland for you. Is there somebody here who can testify how you were down and out and left for dead and all of a sudden the power of God touched your life and you became brand new, a new creation in Christ? God gave you purpose. God gave you destiny. God gave you a future. And you've been set free from all of that past. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. I see that hand, 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 that hand. Oh, come on, somebody. God is good. Thank you, Lord. You're doing a new thing. Say that with me. Thank you, Lord. You're doing a new thing in my life. Say, thank you, Lord. You're making a way forward in my life. Come on. Declare that. Hallelujah. Say, thank you, Lord. I have a long life, a blessed life, a life of vision, a life of purpose, a life of destiny. And it's all out in front of me. We're heading to the finish line. Look with me in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. This is where the church was birthed. This is when The apostle Peter shared the prophecy from Joel in Joel chapter 2. And he's speaking to all those people that were gathered in the temple on the day of Shavuot, on the day of Pentecost. And the Spirit of God began to move. And people began to repent. People began to give their lives to the Lord Jesus. And, and Peter announced in verse 17, It shall come to pass in the last day, says the Lord, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. See, God is not finished because you hit 55. You're 60, you're 70, you're 80. Do we got anybody who's 80 plus? Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God's not finished with you yet. Your old men shall dream dreams. Women, men will dream dreams. And you know what that is? These are divinely prompted things from heaven for you to know and to understand and probably share with somebody else. But it may be a personal word to you. And oftentimes, it happens when you're sleeping. Have you ever uh, woke up and realized that's the Lord speaking? Don't miss that moment. Don't be in such a hurry that you miss those waking moments. Because many times it's during those waking moments when you're just waking up from a deep sleep and all of a sudden you'll have a thought. You'll have an impression. You'll have a direction. You'll have an answer. And I can guarantee you that 99.9% of the time, that's the Lord ministering to you. That's the Lord leading and guiding you into a better destiny. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love those light bulb moments. Ah, I see it now. And it particularly for me, it may work different for you, it, it, it will answer an unanswered question. There may be a key situation that's going on in your life that needs an answer. And if you've done the wise thing, you haven't gone to bed watching Cliffhanger. 
or Terminator. Hopefully you said a prayer. Hopefully you ask the Lord, Lord, I'm going to sleep, and when I wake up, I want to thank you in advance. You're giving me an answer to this difficult situation. And then you wake up, oh my gosh, that's it. Aha! Light bulb went off. God will use that to show you a divine opportunity. He'll put things into proper context. Our God is a God that does things decently and in order. And if things are out of whack, we serve a faithful God who will help you put things back into the right order, into the proper context. Amen? And this is a promise for everyone, but it's especially a promise to senior citizens today of which I am one. Fifty years, long time. But my best is yet to come. Fifty years, for long time. But your best is yet to come. Amen? It's not time to retire. It's not time to sit things out. God is saying, this is your time. This is your moment. Don't miss your moment. This is the time where God is going to stir things up for you, open doors for you. He's going to bring blessings for you, answer prayers. Some of y'all have been praying for things for 10 years, 15 years. Get ready for that thing to manifest. Get ready for that good thing to come to pass in your life. Why? Because you just decided today, I'm making a commitment to move on. I'm making a commitment to go forward. I'm making a commitment to the Lord use my life fill me with divine purpose fill me with divine destiny because I know Lord with you on my side my best is yet to come praise God do you love the Lord this morning It's no coincidence that this Friday is the start of the 40-day season of the shofar. How many of you know about the shofar? Amen. Come on. On God's divine calendar, there's a 40-day period that starts Friday and goes all the way through the Day of Atonement called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And the shofar is symbolically sounding. Many of you have a shofar. Who has a shofar? Symbolically or in reality, you'll sound the shofar beginning Friday for 40 days. And the shofar at this season is God's wake-up call. It's God's alarm clock. It's God announcing that things are about to happen. The king is coming. Don't miss these divine moments. I've got things for you that you don't understand, but they will improve your life, improve your family, improve your standing. Don't miss it. So 40 days, 40 days. It's about Teshubah. Return to me, saith the Lord. Amen. Return to your divine purpose. Return to the calling of God on your life. Return to your divine destiny. And it's interesting because it, in uh, Hebrew, uh, the Jewish brothers that blow the shofar, uh, they'll say a blessing. And the blessing is, blessed are you, Lord our God, who commands us to hear the voice of the shofar. To hear the voice. It doesn't command to blow the shofar. It commands you to hear the voice of the shofar. It's God calling. And all of my golden age senior citizen AARP types, are you in the house, grandma, grandpa, are you in the house? 
This isn't time for you to think about retirement. This is time for you to hear the voice of the shofar. Come on, my beloved brother. Come on, my beloved sister. Rise up in this season and fulfill your divine destiny. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And when he comes, he will find you about your father's business because your best is what? Say it again. My best is yet to come. Amen. Give the Lord a praise if you receive that. Stand with me all over the building. Close your eyes. Close your Bibles. Fold your hands. Open your hearts. Let's make a declaration as we close. Say this with me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is doing in these last days. Father, I make a pledge to seek out my divine destiny, my divine purpose, Fill me with the Holy Ghost and power so that I will move forward and I will finish my race, I will finish my course, and I will finish it with a flourish. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen and amen. Well, give the Lord another praise.